I love refinishing. I live for it. If you can bring a customer something that they don't remember it looking like that since the day that they originally bought it, that's really exciting. Hello, and welcome to the Drinks and Diamonds podcast. I am Richter and Phillips Marketing Director, Rebecca, and I have with me one of the rarest gems in our store, our badass lady watchmaker, Emma. Hi, Emma. Hi there. Emma just got back from a week-long service course with Brightling, and I'm honestly surprised they decided to give you back to us. Yeah, I didn't really want to come back. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I was reading through your course binder this morning, and wow, my first thought was, this woman really pays attention. Personally, my margins would be completely covered in doodles, but your notes were very clean, precise, and well-written not a doodle to be seen. Uh, Growing up, would you consider yourself an honor roll kind of student? Um, Maybe merit roll. Not really honor roll. Uh -uh. School really wasn't my forte. Yeah? Mm -hmm. Are you like more of an analytical person or creative person or what was your strong subject? Um, I was always in every art class that they would offer at my school. Somehow I ended up in more of an engineering sort of field, but you do get your kind of artsy drive out when you're troubleshooting for like, what is wrong with this watch? Yeah, for sure. Like creative problem solving. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Well, it certainly seems like a complex, delicate and time consuming career. <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'd be interested to know what brought you to watchmaking in the first place. Just a quick little dive into why little Emma was like watches. Um, I really didn't wear a watch I didn't really understand them or like them for a long time and I started working in a jewelry store doing jewelry repairs and the owner just put watches in front of me and was like fix it and I was like I don't know how and he said just YouTube it and I was like okay so I I was annoyed but I started to do that um, doing repairs and I enjoyed it and then I wanted to take it further with mechanical because it was just kind of quartz watch repairs that I was doing and then it started to be kind of gratifying something you're you put it together and it's actually working like what yeah that's awesome so did you youtube it i did not no no okay nice (laughs) (laughs) i'm like i'm starting to wonder if that's what most uh quote-unquote adults do for their careers just google it i know i have my fair share of google searches yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) um So what goes on at a service course? I know you've done some things like this for other brands. Can you give us sort of a breakdown? Is it like being back in school or? Um, It's a little like being back in school, except you kind of like skip to the end. So in school, they started out, started us out with just basic things like this is how you set hands. This is how you um, measured for wear on parts and you replace them. But then with these, these express courses, which is what these are, um, they give you movement and they tell you different issues you're going to run into. And so you kind of get to skip all of the stuff that you learned in the beginning. And it's just like they expect you to know all these things and you go in and you work on these watches. They show you um, how to test different areas of the watch to make sure that it's not like the engine's not going to be using up too much energy. So little things like that. Awesome. Okay, so when it comes to a Breitling, um, what processes or inner intricacies make this watch unique compared to other brands? I think Breitling's really unique because they are 
really gunning to be a high-end watch brand. And they're already high-end, but they want to bring it to the next level. So they keep challenging themselves. They keep coming out with new watches that are a little nicer, a little nicer. They have um, a pretty large selection of ladies' watches and unisex watches, which is awesome. Um, And they have great people. Like, every person that I met at Breitling was super nice, willing to answer all my questions and not make me feel stupid. Um, (laughs) That's always nice in a teacher. Yeah, yeah. And their service center, it's very family-like, so everybody knows everybody. Everybody takes breaks at the same time so they can talk to each other. And I just, it was an awesome atmosphere and great company. That's awesome. So were you at a training, like some sort of service or training facility, or was it held at an off-site location? Or? Um, it was held at the service center in Wilton, Connecticut for Breitling. And so um, we just had a little room within all the other rooms where they do watch servicing. We were in a side room where we were training. Um, so we, get to, we got to watch them work all day, and they got to watch us work all day. Wow, that's interesting. So were there windows into each other's rooms or? Yeah, everything was just separated by glass. So you could see pretty much what every room was doing except for like the uh, parts department. So when it comes to being a watchmaker at Richter and Phillips versus somebody at a specific brand, what are the differences? Like, do you have whole watches that you build and like one person builds them or what what is that process like or does it vary like a service center work compared to work at our store yes um for instance at the service center one person might put hands on all day or they might um service the movement all day but they do not touch the case they do not touch the bracelet there will be people who only do polishing work all day long um so it's really kind of more where your strengths are. Um, but there are people who work on specific watches, like Breitling's emergency watch. I think that there were only two or three people at that facility that worked on those because they're very complex. It's the watch that you want if you're stranded on a desert island because it can, like, it has a GPS in it and it, it does all kinds of cool stuff. Nice. I'll keep that in mind. So um, there's not a, there were not a ton of people at this service center, but everybody knew what they were doing and they were doing it. Okay, so it's kind of like, well, depending on the watch, but it's sort of like you have a specific role to play. Yeah. So if you and Matt were both working at just a random watch designer, what departments would you each be put in? Or what is the one mechanism or something that you think you would be assigned to? Matt might be doing movement work because he can assemble really fast and disassemble really fast. And he's really good at troubleshooting in another realm for me, for sure. Um, I'd probably be refinishing or doing QC. Um, I love refinishing. I live for it. So, Oh, why is that? I'm moving metal and being able to take it from one thing to another is super gratifying if you can bring a customer something that they don't remember it looking like that since the day that they originally bought it that's really exciting and I don't usually get to give people their finished pieces back but when I do and you just see their face whipped cream (laughs) yeah I'm sure that's amazing I've I've not gotten to do that with a timepiece before but yeah just steaming somebody's ring here you know which we do complimentary it's 
it's really awesome to see people like, oh, it, here you go. It's not that dirty. And they get it back and they're like, holy wow. Yeah. That looks brand new again. Mm-hmm. Do people act that way about their watch as well? Like you said that they are like, oh my gosh. Or do they know that's kind of grody? They do. I mean, they know that it's a dirty job, but I don't think that they know how much of your skin ends up on your watch. Um, and you can't see it because it's on the inside. Yeah. Um, but we get rid of all of that and then we refinish and then we clean them again. So they're even, they're even brighter. So when it comes to general care and cleaning of a watch from home, what would you recommend are best practices for people? If you don't know if your watch is waterproof or not, um, I'd suggest if you're going to clean it, stay away from the timekeeping area. And just do the bracelet with a toothbrush and some warm water. You could use like Dawn dish soap. But if you don't know for certain if your case is waterproof, just stay away from that area. If you know that it is, then go crazy with your toothbrush. <laughs> All right. Yeah, that's good to know. Definitely should keep it clean in between everything. Yeah. Um, so while you were at this... Um, service course. Did you learn anything new about uh, Breitling's watch designs or was there anything up and coming that you're excited about? I'm excited about more training for sure. Okay. Like this was more of a quick service course so we can do case stuff if we need to replace um, rider tabs in the case we can do that. If we if the bezel isn't moving properly we can replace springs and we know how to troubleshoot for those things but they informed us that if we get 200 Breitling repairs in a year, then we can go for chronograph training, which is the start-stop function of the watch. So I'm gung-ho on that one. Nice. How many Breitlings have you done so far this year? I don't know, maybe five or six full services, maybe, but they're on movements that I've been trained on. But there's some Breitling movements that if there was a part that we needed, we couldn't get it. So it's good to have this chronograph training because then if there was a part damaged along the way i could replace it if i needed to so if you are listening to this and you have a brightling that needs serviced bring it on in so emma can meet her goal yes get some more training 200 yep (laughs) um so i again i was flipping through the binder this morning just to learn a little bit about what you were um, experiencing. And I just wanted to talk about lubrications because I had no idea, nor would I have ever imagined that there were so many different types of lubrications for components. And same with the glues too. Like how many glues and lubrications do we have in this building? I don't know. There might be like eight or 10 because you use different lubricants for a quartz watch than you would a mechanical watch. Why is that? The quartz watch is running a lot faster. Its components are, are moving a lot faster than, say, a mechanical watch is. So it has to be a different design of lubrication. It can't be as thick. And different parts of a mechanical movement need different types of lubrication. Like uh, the setting in a mechanical watch is going to need, because of the customer's wear and tear on that crown pulling it out, it needs some strong lubrications in that area. And things that the faster the components are moving, they're going to need different lubrications than components that are just worn from customer wear and tear. Um, And we have to clean all of those out when we're going to do a clean oil assess of the movement. We have to clean out all the old lubrications and put in new. Off of all of these teeny tiny pieces yeah because you know those lubricants they 
get old just like milk. Um, of course, not as quickly, <laughs> but um, we have to replace those. We don't want them to expire so in the watch. Stock of them, or just in the watch? Our stock of them and in the watch. Um, yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, that I mean, a lot of this um, guidebook was very sort of foreign, but the table of glues and lubrications, I was like, I understand this, and I understand that there are a lot of things to memorize, just that alone. Mm. How I would have no idea how to memorize all of that. It was crazy. I don't yeah. know why that stood out to me. Well, like the first few that you do, you're like, okay, so this is in this area, this is in this area, and this is in this area. And then after a while, you just kind of like, okay, so I'm going to assume this goes in this area because this one went in this area of this watch. So you just kind of work your way through it. Just kind of guess. Yeah. No, well, not quite guess, <laughs> like, but... Generally, glue in this area is this kind of glue. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> nice. So where do you guys keep those? Are they in little tiny vials on your desk? Because I'm imagining Matt has them all, like, perfectly in matching containers, like, labeled and maybe color-coordinated. Well, he has his memorized... And he kind of pushed me to memorize mine as well so that we don't have to in Sharpie marker label the lubrications. They're, all just clean. they're clean and you just automatically know what's in there. And is then it, are they colored differently or are you just I'm sorry I'm stuck on this lubrication thing. No, that's okay. Um some of them are different colors and they're different consistencies. Okay. So that's crazy. Yeah. Um, so looking through there I also did see um a couple other like new things that were shouted out. Um, I think it was quartz or something. It said like new quartz. Yeah, they have a new quartz movement that um, runs a little faster and it's called a super quartz. And you need a super quartz tester to test it because it can't be tested on normal uh, timing machines. And it's pretty impressive. Do we have that machine? We do. Oh. It's it's nice. It's on Matt's desk. But now that I am like the person who knows how to use it, I wonder if I could switch them and he would notice. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what other machines are specialized to different brands throughout the store? Are there any other items that we have? A lot of the equipment is the same used by watchmakers. So like Omega equipment kind of lines up with Breitling's equipment, which lines up with Rolex's equipment. Rolex has some equipment that they've specifically designed for them, as does Breitling. Breitling has um, a timing machine that it's another super expensive tool. Um, normally, you just have to use two different areas of the watch to test, like on the super quartz. But on Breitling's machine, um, it does it for you. So you just set it in the area and you pop this thing on it and it tests for everything and it spits it out super fast and wow. it'll tell you the areas that are like nay nay this is a problem and it'll tell you the areas that like you're good to go that's awesome uh while you were at the training or the service course did you see any machinery that you were excited to possibly get or tell the boss about um there were some cool tools that we would get to use there's some different lubrications that we're going to get oh that I'm excited gosh. about. I know, more. That's crazy. Our drawer is full, so I don't know where <laughs> we're going to put them. Maybe on my desk. <laughs> um, but just kind of different tooling. Um, there are ways to adjust the rate on the balance wheel, and each brand has kind of like a different style of tool. 
And so Brightling, of course, has a different tool than Rolex and Omega. So that's exciting. I'm going to get that tool for sure. That's awesome. Um, also, I wondered at the facility if you saw anything that was particularly cool. So it's kind of like a Brightling headquarters sort of situation. It is. Do they yeah. have any cool displays or like history of Brightling wall or something that is, you know, uh, special to the brand that you were like, that's pretty dope. They didn't have a lot of that because it's just the service center. There's really no okay. display side, um, sh- but they, they had all fun it up. They sh- we should fun it up. Yeah. I mean, I thought that their cafeteria was pretty, pretty chill. Oh yeah. They got a guy on site and he takes care of coffee for them on breaks mm. and, um, makes sure to stock everything up. And so that was cool. Did you eat lunch there? Uh, no, we went out for lunch every day. Oh, nice. So yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. And how many uh, people participated in this? And were they all watchmakers from other stores? Uh, like, are there independent watchmakers that go? Are they? Where do these people come from? They're watchmakers who want a parts account with um, Breitling that isn't just for the bracelet. So um, once we did this training, now we can um, order case components for these Breitling watches where we couldn't before. So there were four of us total. Um, there was Randy from Kansas City. There was Josh from Cleveland. And then there was Jim from Georgia. And they were all really, really interesting. They all have like specific customers that'll come in just to visit them. And a lot of these customers that they've kind of grown fond of, they end up being friends with, which is really cool. Yeah, that's awesome. That's kind of the, you know, talking with Matt and Blake, that seems to be the general consensus of people here. Um, one of the most valuable parts of our job is meeting people and being able to, you know, celebrate something with them, whether it's just, you know, getting a timepiece that they've had their eye on forever, or it is um, celebrating, you know, they got a promotion or their son's graduating or whatever it is. So that's yeah. really cool. That's yeah. definitely a really great part of this job. Yeah, people come back. Like, I got a phone call today from a customer who I had worked on his watch, and so his parents are now wanting their watches serviced. And he was very particular. He did not want his watch refinished or polished, and so I left it that way. So when his parents called today, they were like, you're not going to refinish it, are you? I was like, not if you don't want me to. But, you know, if one person has a good experience, they're going to tell their friends. They're going to tell their family before we part ways, I just wanted to ask one more thing about Breitling. Um, what does Breitling suggest for their recommended service intervals? It depends on if it's a quartz or a uh, mechanical. It's probably about the same with every high-end brand, about 10 years, um, unless, you know, you're laying concrete or you're diving with it all the time Mm -hmm. and and, you know if you're diving with it all the time you should probably get it pressure checked every two years just to make sure you're not going to run into a pickle while you're diving well i'm really glad that they gave you back to us like you said i wasn't sure if you were going to (laughs) come just kidding (laughs) just kidding (laughs) um well thanks for staying down here with me and chatting with me about your experience we definitely missed you missed you guys but we're glad that you're bringing a really great value to the watch repair department like a whole new skill set all right well i'm looking forward to chatting with you again soon about watches and watch repair and how awesome women are and probably better at watchmaking than men they are (laughs) thanks for having me yeah thanks until next week cheers